That should have been much worse. Oi, Stephen, what the hell are we wearing? I don't know. She said I needed a suit. Yeah, the ceremonial armor from Conscious Temple, not Psycho Colonel Sanders. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be diving into the second episode of Moon Knight. This week, I am lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. Ian Walter. And Wife Power. Welcome, Wife Power. We're going to um, kick things off right away. We're not going to waste any time here. We're going to dive right into this, but uh, before we do get into our beat-by-beat beat breakdown of episode two that you joined us uh, for this time. What did you think of the way that the show kicked off in episode one? I really like it so far. Um, I I still have a lot of questions, um, but I'm open to sticking it out and waiting for them to give me those answers to those questions. Um, but the overall like show itself, I think it's really well done. Um, I love Oscar Isaac just as an actor, um, but he's he's doing a really good job um, with the, the character, and you can see it a bit more in the second episode. So I won't get too much into it, but the way that his even like the tone of his face, like the the like muscles in his face change when he is Stephen compared to Mark, like it's just remarkable as like an actor that he almost like it's the same person, but he looks different. Like he looks a lot different. Um, it's like, I think that aspect of him is like really cool. Like you can tell who he is just by the, the visual of him. Um, but I'm really, really liking it. I, I like that they're not spoon feeding everything to me um, and letting me kind of explore that character from an own unknown because I I really know nothing about him. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the show so far. Nice, yeah, and and I came into it very similar. I don't really know anything about the character. A um, couple things here and there, but but that's very very broad details. So I, I like the way that it sort of like you said. I think you said it was slowly getting you into the mystery and that heavily. That's what the first episode is. So I appreciate that too. And you mentioned actually the the. It's probably a combination of makeup and acting as well, but just how he looks different from one character to another. Ian, it reminds me a little bit of Severance, which we've been watching. I was going to say the same thing. And even if we get to reviewing Severance, I was definitely going to bring up Moon Knight because there's a lot of duality. Yeah, uh, there's a lot sure. of parallels there for sure. But I mean, they're two wildly different shows. Like yes, I'll just see yes. the Severance. If you're into sci-fi, it's very slow burn, very like build, slow build. Um, but it's it's necessary build and like a lot of like intrigue whereas this is like an action adventure with yeah. horror mixed in and you know fantasy and all that so yeah yeah um okay so let's uh ian you're mr uh uh you're the, you're the master with the with the mammoth plan master with the, i don't know, I was gonna say master something and i couldn't couldn't rhyme it so uh <laughs> mammoth the plan of the uh, breakdown of episode two let's get kicked off with uh, how things get going Sounds good. I'll just say overall, I really like this episode. I think it's a step in the right direction, and I'm really excited for where it's about to go. So uh, yeah, we're 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 sticking with Stephen Grant, and I think this was cool, like a continued narrative. And then we're gonna see maybe other episodes dedicated to some of his other sides. But we've got Stephen Grant, like fall, like we're following Stephen Grant through the story. Uh, he gets, um, you know, it, direct backlash for what happened the night before. He returned. We get that funny scene where he wakes up and he's attached to his bed and then he returns to work at the museum and he's finding out while well, he's trying to get alert, like he's trying to do the right thing, like anyone would want to do, right? Like, like alert security, like see what happened. But he thinks everyone's going to be on his side because he thinks like exactly what happened is what everyone's going to see happen. And that's where it kind of gets cool. And uh, I really like the comedy beats in this. And I love that scene in particular because I thought the moments with the security guard were actually pretty like good for the character and it just it played nicely 
and the way he just didn't buy any of it and just thought this guy had a wild night and he's about to get fired kind of thing. And Yeah, that's basically <laughs> where we're at. What did you guys think keeps, of the opener? He keeps getting his name wrong, too. He always calls him the wrong, <laughs> the wrong name. Like, just little things yeah. like that are really you funny. donut. <laughs> I like it, too. I, I like the way it starts. I always appreciate um, the Marvel stuff when it gets the comedy right for myself. Obviously, comedy is very personal, but this opening stuff worked for me. And it's like this crazy, huge you know, thing, uh, security section and all these, all these cameras and all these different angles. And it's just looks like a guy that is on a bad trip basically is what it is stumbling through the museum at 1am. So, um, Mike, what about you? Did you like it? Yeah, of course. No complaints. The sort of the guys hinted at it, but when they look at the security footage, um, no one can see the, I think it was, we figured out it was a jackal. Right, and so it, look, it looks like he's just losing his shit and destroying everything for no reason, and it's a good way to write to like sort of write themselves out of that situation. You know what I mean? And move move the plot along and sort of you know he's set up as a dorky guy at the museum, but we know there's a lot more in store. So kind of you know we're moving on now. We're getting him out of the museum and the adventure is kind of starting. So that was cool. Yeah, he gets fired from the museum and then he can kind of pursue. Um, pursue finding out what his alter ego is up to wife power you mentioned um that you like the way things kicked off too is is this is it the comedy is it the the way that they address things what was it that worked for you i like the comedy i really like the steven character i like his kind of like nerdy like dorky persona um but he still has this like charm to him mm-hmm. um but yeah, I I really like him. I like how he likes, like you guys kind of mentioned, like he comes in there all confident, like, I know what happened. Like, I'll show you. Let's look at the footage. And then it's like he's watching the footage and it kind of just makes him look like the crazy person. It, like, it just turns on him. Like, he thinks it's going to go one way and then it it goes with the complete opposite. So, and a lot um, yeah, of the times when, they still, this, yeah. they hinted towards like him, like, does he is he just crazy or you know what i mean like so they still kind of like i think we know he's not but he still kind of like has doubt in himself like i'm just crazy or just sleepwalk or like what's yeah that's a good that comes up later where he's like i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you're just a personality and i'm gonna just take enough drugs that you go away or whatever right so so they do they play that up a little bit which is good yeah they give them the pamphlet for the the their doctors oh yeah the uh hr guys yeah Yeah, this is a this is a uh uh, a cliche for hr uh department to say but you're not alone (laughs) and he goes yeah literally that's the problem (laughs) you know you're fired (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, that was that was actually good too the pamphlet part i forgot about that Yeah, and I was going to say the security guard just played it in such a way where you could think that, like, he is just crazy. It could be just all a dream because we really don't know at the end oh, yeah. of the day, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he uses that key card. So now we move into a bit of a horror scene where we get Conchu coming through the hallway and chasing him. But this, but that didn't happen, I guess, until after he visits the storage locker. Did you guys happen to notice um, the number on the storage locker had, like, a QR code? I think it was 043, I... and then you could scan it with your phone. And that's actually oh, a you? link... Yeah, and it's a link to Werewolf by Night uh, issue thirty four. I think was when he showed up. One of oh, the what? Werewolf by Night issues, the one that uh, Power you've read, right? It's interesting that they would link to that one because that because I'm yeah, I think I mentioned the first episode. I'm going back and reading a lot of the Moon Knight comics, and I'm yeah. in the Epic Collection number two now, which was where he actually gets his own his own series. Before he was like in werewolf by night and he was in defenders and he had a spotlight issue and he was in issues of the hulk but then he got his own series eventually and they kind of retconned that well they did retcon that werewolf by night uh, origin story so i'm i'm surprised they didn't link it to actually the first issue of moon knight which is actually much more relevant now that i've read that that's where he dies in egypt and gets yes, yes. Conchu. so that's actually you know more of what's happening here but this cool little easter egg it is a fun little episode and ties yeah. into the horror vibes. We basically get this great character sequence where Stephen Grant's finally confronting Mark Spector about everything that's going on and he finds the golden scarab in the, the storage locker. What did you guys think of the back and forth between Mark Spector and Stephen Grant and Oscar Isaac overall in the series? I, I like seeing him 
play these both. I think this is actually what I enjoy the most so far. Um, aside, from, and we'll get to it, but aside from the way that Moon Knight looks to me is is really cool and interesting. Um, I think they pulled that off really well. But I I like seeing like Mina, like you mentioned, a good actor playing two different roles and playing them very differently as well. Like, sure, he's not literally acting with himself in that scene, but I do like seeing him play the goofy guy and then playing the straight mercenary. I do think that there's a really good contrast there and he does a really good job of making that believable um, as literally two completely different people. Like if, if you had these two people physically in the same scene and he shot, you know, each side of the conversation separately, like you would believe these are two different people the way that he's, he's pulling it off. And I, it, this is a cool reveal too. And it's just like his, you know, his little hideout and everything. And, uh, and they do this in a really cool way, the way that they really show both of them in this scenario. I think it's a fun way for it to happen. It's sort of a little bit thrillery. It seems a little bit, you know, darker and everything. And I think that's part of the tone that they're going for in the show. But I liked it. I thought it was great. The mystery is still there, right? It's like unraveling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I'll, I'll, I want to hear what Wife Power has to say, but that I do have some sort of questions that I want to ask about the two identities after. I think it's really interesting. I know, like... I've talked to Mike about this. One of the mysteries around the show that I can't fully like figure out yet is the the idea around the two personalities. Like it seems it seems like there's more going on there than just like a split personality. But like I don't know, it's just but I don't know where I don't know the dyn the full like dynamic between the two personalities and like how it came about. And yeah. I'm it's... actually interested to know that too, because it's way different. At least the comics I've read, which is most of the original run, it's way different in the show than it is in the comic books where it's like, they're not so combative with each other. He kind of just takes on whatever personality fits the situation. And um, the other thing that's weird is like Stephen Grant is, so Mark Spector is kind of the real person. That's the person that had like the whole life up until, you know, that thing happened. Yeah, and he's married. He's married you know, so, like, he's like he's lived life. So, so the Stephen Grant is the billionaire personality, which they changed to be this museum person. But the weird thing with Steve, when Stephen Grant finds out that he's really Mark Spector, he doesn't have any sort of freak out like, oh wait, I'm not a real person. Like, like, like I didn't exist until whatever four or five years ago. Like he seems to think like Stephen Grant seems to think like he is a person that grew up and has a whole life, but like, he's not, and he doesn't ever really mentions that. That's never really mentioned or like, but that's what you would be freaking out about. You'd be like, what? I'm not a real person. Like, like Stephen Grant is actually not the real person. Like Mark Spector is the real person. He's the one that had the life, the wife he's, you know, until the certain break, yeah. at least in the comic books. So I'm yeah. And I'm hoping it's intentional too. Like I'm hoping yeah. it pays off that way. It's just weird like, because he says he calls his mom, but it's like, who's his mom. He's, and 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 then Mark Spector says something later, like I'll leave the body and like you can have it. But like, he, you know, Stephen Grant's like, I don't know. Maybe he's done enough to. It's just weird to me that like you, in the other comics, like he knows about his different identities, so he can like forge them purposely. But if you didn't know, and you were Stephen Grant, there would be so many weird things missing in your life. Like, <laughs> whereas your family and your childhood oh, yeah. friends it, and all it, that, it right? does bring to mind another sci-fi <laughs> series that Dave already teased yeah, to so. earlier, which is Severance. Right? There's like there's ideas behind. You know, they're really diving into the mm -hmm. the illness dissociative identity disorder, and they're yep. they're really. I think that there's a. It's intentional that they're leaning into him just experiencing these things as his own person, and he's maybe too wrapped up in everything not, not to worry about like. You know, the, the deeper yeah, I am interested to see where earlier. it takes it, where it goes and how it explains it. And if Stephen Grant then becomes sort of the main personality sort of thing. So, yeah, it's interesting. And, and I like that it's different from the comics because it's even if you're familiar with the material, it adds this sort of unexpected element and this sort of mystery. And you know what I mean? It's not all like uh, spoiled for you, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, White Power, but for me, for the two of us going into it with less information, I actually, I, I buy the fact that uh, Stephen is the 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 guy, like he is still a living person, and he is a, you know, has had a life and everything, and I think that they're taking you along for that ride, and I like him as a character, so I hope they don't completely drop him, and I don't think that's what they're going to do, but I don't know. To me, I. 
I, I didn't think too much of it. And I just thought, oh, they're just two different people somehow. I don't, I haven't thought that deep about it, I guess. But I was just like, oh, his life still exists too. I don't know. What about you? Did you feel that way too? Because to me, I don't know. I bought into it and I'm, and I'm following, I'm going with the mystery that they're, that they're giving to us, I think. Yeah. I bought it in the first episode. After this episode, I'm more leaning towards that Mark is the main personality and Steven, the personality of Steven might have been developed as almost like a coping mechanism because like the bits and pieces that you see of Mark, he does have kind of this like remorse and weight of the things that he's done as Moon Knight. Yeah, no, that's actually a great, great point, Mina, because, uh, you know, they're telling you now that if we're thinking about Moon Knight, that Mark Spector has been the avatar of Khonshu up until this point. But the interesting thing about this episode, and especially because we, in the first uh, recap, we were saying how we liked that they started with Stephen Grant. So now we're getting a mixture of the two, and we're working our way through the episode to see what happens if he were to get the power of Khonshu as well, right? So this is right after their their argument, and he decides he's going to stay Stephen Grant. He has to also confront Khonshu in the hallway, and I, I really like the way they played that horror, and it felt very... 80s 90s like it felt like very throwback all the lights of course uh, follow them but then go up behind them i was just like ah this is so corny but it looks cool (laughs) i think he looks really cool like he's like spooky he's got i don't know if it's like a true voice actor but whoever does the voice um F. Murray Abraham, I think his name is. Oh, the guy, the writer, the uh, yeah, Murray Abraham, you're right. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 I think he's like super spooky. The voice like really adds to it. Um, and he doesn't like it's like you, I know he's probably like CG, but it does kind of have like a costume feel to it. Maybe it's just like it's a person in the costume and they're just CJ, like CGing the head, like the person's wearing like a green screen piece over his face because it, it, it just, it, it looks very realistic at the same time that like you, you know, it's not, but um, I think they do a really Even good. in the close-ups, it's believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the way it looks. I love how it's, it's sort of, um, you know, he's, he's obviously huge, but you know, he's got, he's hunched over and he's got the huge, um, uh, the head What? what? Yeah. Vulture. It looks like a giant vulture uh, skull, which I think is awesome. I think, between the way he looks and the way Moon Knight when he's in the suit looks, I think the CG looks amazing. But then there's like parts of the action scenes, like I mentioned in the first episode, that I thought looked off. And I can just tell, like, I guess it seems to me anyway, where I, I can tell where they're spending the money. <laughs> so, but it makes sense because because Moon Knight himself and Conchu are going to be showing up constantly and probably in pretty much every episode. But I love the way that they insert him in these episodes, especially in this one. He shows up you know, up on, on a, uh, on a wall a couple times. He's really close up and in your face in this one. And I think it, it works so far. I really love the way he looks. I think it's, he's sort of constantly flowing and stuff to you. Like he's not just like a static character. He pops up behind him, in front of him, you know, unexpected places. It's, that's, this is one of my favorite parts is, is when he shows up. Hopefully though, he doesn't show up as like this big bad and like he's, takes over an entire episode. I like that he there's just snippets of him that pop up. There's just like small bits at unexpected places. And it reminds me a little bit like Mike, like you were mentioning in the first episode, like Fight Club, he kind of reminds reminds me of what they did in Fight Club when characters sort of pop up out of nowhere. Um mm-hmm. that are kind of Easter eggs in that movie. This it's it's on purpose, but you could miss it in some areas because at some points he's in the background in the distance. But um, I'm liking what they're doing with with Conchu, probably more than anything. Actually, is how they're treating that so far. Yeah, that's cool. Mike, what did you think of him? Yeah, he's great. I, I just echo everything else. I, you know, sometimes TV shows don't have good um, digital like special effects budgets, but they seem to be treating these Disney Plus TV shows, especially the Marvel ones and the Star Wars ones, like movies. Like they seem to be giving them the like that same uh, treatment, so that same maybe special effects departments or something like sharing their effects departments because they, they look just as good as movies a lot of time, a lot of times. So yeah, it was great. That's a great point, and I think that 
this one felt more cinematic to me even than the first episode. So I did see a step up in the action a little bit. I liked what they were doing with the the shots. And like, yeah, you know it's CGI, but I thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, so we've touched on most of, the, most of the major characters. When he gets out of the storage locker, however, he runs into a new character, Layla, who it's teased on the, the phone from episode one. So this is, it turns out to be Mark Spector's wife. Uh, but she's, it's like, you're not only are you seeing him finding out that Mark Spector is married or was married, um, you know, she's just finding out that he has no idea who she is and doesn't buy it really. So I like that whole like interplay and they're on the motorcycle. They go back to his place and like, what did you guys think of their dynamic? So I'll, I'll say, I'll say this off the top. Like, I think their dynamic is okay. Like, I think that their chemistry is good. I think they work well in the scene together, but what I didn't love about this and I'll just get it out of the way fast is that there's all this back and forth about like, how do you not understand? How would you not remember this and that? And I think it goes to what wife powers point was at the beginning is that they look different first of all. So isn't that somewhat obvious if this guy was your husband, presumably for at least 10 years or something, let's, let's assume it was something like that. And also he never stops and says, no, this is me. This is like, he says, I work at a gift shop or I used to work at a gift shop and that's it. That's all you tell her about yourself. Like, just just stop the stop looking at a picture and like just what, what i just it just seems like i know things are crazy but also just explain things better than just uh i work at a gift shop like that's that's all he's got yeah so come on it's just going and it just it's going so at such a fast pace because they only have six episodes to get through but i see what you're saying like they could have they could have spent a little bit more time in those moments, I guess. Literally, he could have said something for 15 to 20 seconds, and I would have had no problem with the rest of everything that went on. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, they're back and forth. They're dynamic. The the trying to figure out what's going on, the rest of the sort of mystery between the two of them, I'm fine with it. It was just that part of it bugged me. And it felt like, okay, this guy's smarter than that. I know what things are crazy, but if he's smarter than that, then he's smart enough to sort of explain himself a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know if anyone had that same problem, but that's the only part that that bugged me after that. So that's it. Yeah. I think like to build on your perspective, Dave, because I kind of had like a different perspective of why he was kind of like bumbling and fumbling. And like to me, it was like he was kind of falling in love with her as they were like interacting. It was like she is his dream girl. Like he knows it's it's like he finds out like, oh, you're Mark's wife. And then she keeps, she knows the books that he's reading. She speaks the mm-hmm. languages that he's like interested in and like the poetry. And so, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like that nervous, like this is like my person kind of thing at the same time that he's like trying to explain to her um, like what's going on. And then he also has Mark talking in his head in like the mirror so it's like it's like it's like almost like overloading him and he can't really like stop and focus and like get his like thoughts out and clear because there's just so much going on like at the same time so that's kind of like how I perceived like why he couldn't like really clearly explain to her because it's like he kept he just kept getting interrupted by little things like he would be trying to explain something and then she would like pick up the book and be like oh i know i've read this book or like um then he would like get on and she would pick up the map and it's like those little things and then he would kind of stop and be like wait she know like she knows this book she and then there's the scarab and then there's steven showing up yeah no that's that's fair i can see that yeah that makes sense i don't know mike what about you do you like the sort of no, I agree with wife power. And he even says like, I would never divorce you. Like even that comes out and like says it like, it's like, yeah, that's. Well, I like that we're seeing those qualities of Stephen Grant. And I think it makes him, you know, it it makes his impact that much bigger, you know? Yeah. That, that's the, that's the, uh, that's actually the line that bugged me the most is when he said that I was trying to figure out what it was. He's like, I would never divorce you. Why? All you did was you went on a five minute motorcycle ride with this lady. Like, why? I actually I like what Mina's saying. I like that uh, he's maybe like just discovering the the loves like the love that he might might have had with this girl, but like not him. You know what I mean? But like it's still there's a there's a duality there that I really enjoyed throughout that sequence. So like thinking that like you know he, what's we're seeing the perspective of Stephen Grant. What would uh, 
Layla's perspective be like it could be seeing like different sides of him coming out at different times right like you know how he's staring through the, the aquarium and you see like Mark Spector basically uh, reacting to Layla differently and and maybe she's seeing something different than, than what we're seeing from Stephen Grant. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that interesting stuff, but then that's like getting deeper into the sci-fi of it all. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I guess the, uh, the quote unquote cops show up, right. I guess that's the, <laughs> and like, how could you not peg these two for just being like those <laughs> dirty cops? You know what I mean? Like the, actually it's kind of reminded me of fight club in a way, like just the way that people are like part of the, you know, cult, I guess. Yeah, right. Actually, yes, that's very, very true. That's actually very similar. Um, I, I like this. I like the sort of, um, uh, you know, they they just the way they're sort of searching for things and how they take them away. They, you know, you kind of believe that they could be police officers until they show up. He goes, "Wait, we're not going to the police station." Like, I think that that it worked out pretty well. I think that was a good, uh, it was a good lead in to the next uh, to the next thing. So. Um, yeah. yeah, and then Ian, they show up. I, where, where do they go? They go. To- so they take them basically to Arthur Harrow, right? Like to where yes. he yeah, right. dwells and where his following resides. And it used to be the most crime-ridden part of the city. And he's really lifted everything up. And like he provides food, he provides entertainment of whales jumping out of the water. Like he provides whatever you need, right? Like so, it's <laughs> it, it seems like a utopia, you know. This Arthur Harrow is really selling it, but it's at the end of the day going to be a cult. Am I right? That's pretty much. It's pretty much what they're what I they're love it I love it because the cult is like the typical people who like think they're better than everyone. Like they're watching documentaries. <laughs> yes, that's exactly they only right. eat vegan food. They're like we all speak three different languages, and it's like those are like the evil people. And I love that sort of angle. <laughs> but what I did love about this entire sequence was Ethan Hawke. I got that right, right? <laughs> Ethan yeah, Hawke, yeah. like he's crushing it for me. Like he's climbing the ladder as a villain in the MCU. They're really like it's the same as like Thanos and like to some degree Baron Zemo, like these guys that like believe they're right. They believe they're the hero. And like, this is really like from his perspective, he's doing like everything the Avengers are doing and like times 10, you know what I mean? So they make really dangerous villains in my mind. When you can sympathize a bit with their point of view and they're not just like, yes, mustache twirly, like I'm going to freeze the city because of this, you know what I mean? Can. Like because I can, because Batman <laughs> made me sad. Once, lentil soup, or it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, I do like. We do want to talk about like the really important kind of interaction they have. Harrow and Moon Knight is all about the whole like you're Conchu, you get vengeance, and I. I what's the other god's name? I can't remember the. Well, god it's it's Amit, right I think, name, but, but he's telling Amit, everyone that yeah. he was the original avatar of Conchu. Right. right. Yeah. This is a very interesting avatar. piece of the puzzle, you know. And um, and, but you know, he's sort of seen that that's not the right way to do it. It's sort of, and this has been done in other movies before, like Minority Report. He's like Amit, you know, sees into the future and stops the evil before it can even be done, and it's the whole like then it's a whole like would you go back in time and kill baby hitler sort of you know uh paradox and stephen gray even says it he says what what if a baby he's like they makes the analogy of like you cut off a diseased limb like basically saying like he would kill babies and children if they foresaw it's like for the greater good type of thing yeah it's kind of up when he's like do you kill children they're like oh we're gonna kill you (laughs) yeah they're like yeah we do actually and it's kind of like they have a have a vision that's like, I guess their vision could be seen not totally as evil. They want to get rid of evil and stop bad things from happening. Just like Thanos' vision of trying to stop too many or over over resources could be seen as a good thing. But the way they go about solving it is like what makes them bad. And the way that they go, you know, Thanos just gets rid of half the people, children and whatever included. These people are kind of similar. They would trust their god and it's been done in a movie like minority report where it's like they go and they would eliminate the person arrest the person before they've even done anything and then that's the whole moral dilemma there and i like that that's cool that was like what do you guys think of that that whole exchange i i think that that i mean i think having two really great actors work off of each other in a quieter moment of a move of a movie of a show that turns into basically an action scene for for another 10 minutes i think it's a great way to build up to why the next scene that happens means something and why 
you know, he gives up the power in five minutes after that conversation. Like all of that stuff means more because you have two really good actors playing off each other. It's really, it's all, it's exposition, but it's completely believable. It's easy to follow. Um, it's, it's read really well. It's acted really well. So I think that having that, just, just the fact that you have those two guys doing that, I think makes a big difference. And they're both, I mean, I think they're both having a good time making this show, it seems. And they're both really like liking these characters. And I think it shows. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a harrowing scene, if you could excuse the pun. But uh, no, like, like seriously, like there, he's really like, like you guys said, selling his conviction, like, um, like, you know, I want to know what you think of the villain overall. But I thought it was interesting the way he's calling out Conchu and basically telling Stephen Grant, who's vulnerable at this day like he's manipulating Stephen grant because he doesn't have all the facts like mark specter would so he's really trying to gain Stephen grant's favor but then here we go like conchu's getting like he's throwing tantrums and like you see the wind mm-hmm. flowing by and like i thought that was an interesting part of it because he's telling Stephen grant like i can help you because i think conchu's a liar and all this and he's like he's manipulating him in that way so it's it i thought the whole scene played out really nice especially to where it goes next it's just like with all the action of it all it kind of sets that this sets the stage, right? What did you think, Mina, of the whole like lead out of the scene, like getting into sort of the him using the staff to raise a new jackal creature? Um, I thought it was really good. Um, I think I mentioned it to Mike when we were watching it, but the so far, like Ethan Hawke's character, like especially when he is talking to Steven in that scene, he reminds me a lot of Thanos, where you can you can see where they're coming from and they think that they're doing good. Like technically like the overall end goal is good. Like it's not a horrible thing to have a world where no evil exists, but the path in which to get there is not good. And he even says like you, sometimes you have to be the evil to like get to I forget the wording he yeah. says. Because what all great villains think, right? Like, <laughs> you've got a necessary evil. Yeah, it's kind of because Stephen brings it up. Like, well, isn't what you're doing, like, not good? And then it also raises the whole, like, question, question of, like, nature versus nurture of, like, well, if you are going to be going back and killing, like, children and babies or whatever, it's like, well, how do you know that, like, what's going to happen in their life like maybe something good happens and then they they don't do that evil act that is predicted like at the time that you kill them so it's kind of that aspect of it is like because it's people the whole like idea of like like society and people is like people can change like we always believe that like someone can like even if you do something bad you can kind of have that remorse and that redemption of like yourself so it's like to have this person Darth Vader can do it anyone can get exactly it's Mm -hmm. so it's like Darth Vader would never have been afforded that chance to do that good because he would have just been wiped out for all the evil that he had done so it's like it's it raises kind of like is it really a good thing thing because it's like you might be punishing someone that how do you punish someone before they've actually committed a crime so it's but it's, it is the same thing of minority report right minority report they did they did that thing where they showed that like the people they might as well have made a joke about minority report right? yeah they like, might as well but it is an interesting concept that other movies have sort of you know uh explored and so to explore it in marvel is kind of you know it's a it's a it's an angle for a villain they haven't taken yet. And it's, you know, they've had so many movies, so many shows that it's hard to find a new angle. So this is cool kind of new angle and it fits in with the Egyptian gods and everything. So it's, it's, it's well done, I think. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the exciting things for me. Like that's why when Loki came and it seemed to be like repetitive or derivative of other sci-fi properties, like, yeah, but not in Marvel, like not in the MCU. Mm -hmm. So I like when they could take something that's going to establish trope and really put the Marvel spin on it. I think it works sometimes. And we, we're seeing it in this, you know, whether you like it or not, it's it's a, it's a something fresh for the MCU. I, I do wish, though, that at the end of the conversation when he was like, um, when he uh, summons the Jackal, 
Jackal, right? That's what we decided. I keep forgetting. <laughs> it's Everyone's a- calling it. I think they mentioned that it's a jackal, right? Or he yeah, called he he actually it's Stephen Grant who calls it a jackal. So oh, I guess okay. he would know because he's the expert. He's an expert. Yeah. 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 I was hoping that like because we're in a bigger area and because it's the second time that he's summoning something, that it was gonna be some like larger, different thing, but I feel like we're going to get that at some point. So I uh I think this uh this is kind of cool how he has to basically for not force himself, but let himself be taken over. I, I like how this played out. How it's a it's a sort of chaotic chase scene, and um, and he summons the suit, and he kind of figures out that the suit is powerful, and he kind of figures out he can fight on his own, but not with quite as much skill. I I liked his his discoveries. Like, oh wow, like. Well, that was a great moment. I really laughed at that. That was, that was like, great. I it was, yeah, that was when awesome. he lands and he's all like Mr. Knight and he's a completely different Moon Knight uh, yeah. because it's Stephen Grant with Khonshu and not Mark Spector. So, it's so, really so is that is that what that layer. is? Is he wearing something different because like is it's that a, supposed to be reflected? It's a newer layer of like comic lore. Like it's not from the original okay. runs, but it's like a, a more later. And it actually makes perfect sense that a different type of you know, a different personality. If they had the power, they would kind of use it differently. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to wonder if like, that's like if Steven had power or if he was in, you know, the place in his life that he really wanted to be, he would be the guy with a suit and would be respected and, and quote unquote strong with the suit. Maybe that's why he looks that way. So that was my perspective on that. It's not just like, it's not random. It's not like, okay, I conjure this or I, I summon the suit and I have an actual like white suit on. That's what he wants to look like, right? His life's not put together. If it was, he would be, you know, Bruce Wayne looking. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like Mike has said, they're, you know, they changed his character. He is a, a billionaire in the comics, but in this, he's not. So maybe that's their way of calling that back, is that? But maybe I'm just looking for threads. I don't know. Yeah, it's not something I Mr. Knight's not something I'm familiar with, but I know I'm not going to get this totally right, but I, in the later comics, um, there's something of, you know, there's four phases of the moon and there's four versions of Khonshu and one is like more wrathful and one is less. And Mr. Knight is sort of the personality that is the less brutal and more level-headed, more pragmatic kind of Moon Knight personality. And he's the one in the comics kind of like works with the police and he doesn't get as like violent. And so like, but I think they've even changed that a little bit in this where, it seems like Mr. Knight, it seems like each personality in Mark Spector's body then has a suit that they could put on to be Moon Knight. And Mr. Knight is Stephen Grant's suit version of Moon Knight or whatever. And, it, and so, it's, a, it's a great point. It actually makes me wonder if we ever got a Jake Lockley in the series yeah, or in who a, would his a se- another season, yeah. another sequel. Like, what would he put on? Could he put on something more akin to the comic? Like, a suit made of silver or something like where he's like really yeah. like mercenary style. Um, but that'd be interesting to see. So uh, I thought the visuals were great. I loved the surprise moment of like a different style of Moon Knight, like you guys said. And like he gets those uh, look like gold batons. Um, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like Daredevil style. And it's just like, all right, I want to see some action with this. And I thought he held his own as Stephen Grant, which was nice to see. Like it's not just like the mild-mannered, uh, like, weak character as he's perceived to be. He's got some real virtue and real uh, power behind him, too. So mm-hmm. I guess cool when you put on the suit, it out. gives you power, right? Because he kind of... Yeah, he, he gets power from the suit, but he also is, like, not afraid to use it, which is nice to mm-hmm. see. Um, so, yeah, and then, well, of course, he gives, his, he gives control over to Mark Spector, and we see, like, mm-hmm. this is the guy who was, like, the fist of vengeance all these years mm-hmm. and, like, knows how to... Like, the monsters are afraid of him, kind of thing, like... So it's it's really cool that those are kind of like the Batman parallels that I, I like that are sprinkled in. But I also love how this series is dedicated to showing you how different from Batman uh, Moon Knight truly is. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's kind of by design that each personality is going to have their own side of Moon Knight. And so Moon Knight is like a final product made up of all these different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that, too. And then, um, you know, Layla had rescued him in that moment. She gets involved in the fight. Uh, so it was interesting. Mina, what did you think of all the action in the episode? I really like it. I liked the humor around like his kind of like his confidence growing once he becomes Mr. Knight, like once he gets on 
the suit like he's kind of like checking himself out in the reflection he's like damn i look good and then like when he starts the fight like he takes off the jacket he's rolling up like his sleeves like down to business he rolls up the sleeves i love that too like a londoner like downtown London. yeah it's like it's just pure like comedy and it kind of like plays on like what you guys are talking about like maybe when he's in like the the mr knight costume it's not really like his battle costume it's like more for like different again i don't really know about the comic but like maybe it'll be used in like different scenarios more where it's still like a suit that gives him power and gives him confidence but like when he's really in these like when he has to fight like the jackal it's like the moon knight persona is the persona that he needs because it's like he's wearing a suit it's like he's not he's not really prepared to fight it's like he has to take off the jacket he has to roll up his sleeves like it's not really made for it's not like made for battle so it's like that aspect was like kind of cool but yeah, yeah, I love, and it was the, executed liked, well. I think, yeah, with the, like Invisible Jackal. I think they were saving some money on the budget there, where they could like cut out the CG and just have like them being on like wire uh, work and stuff. But it worked. But to that well. point, they did give you a moment where they slowed it down and it looked good. Like when he was running, yeah. like they yeah. slowed it down. They're like, we look, we designed this creature, and it, it was set good. up like, from earlier, so it's not like it wasn't. It was a cheap way to save a buck, just solely, right? It was set up. Correct. From yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, it still makes sense. I like sense. the invisible creature aspect of the fight. It was mm-hmm. like it was like a funny way to like throw things in a different perspective, you know. I, I thought it, I thought it still looked really well. Like it, I think it looked cool. Like I mean, there's yes, he's probably getting pull, uh, the stuntman's probably getting pulled around with wires and stuff. But there's a little bit of CG going on potentially. But like I think it, even if it was done all practically, I I thought it looked great. I thought it, it worked out really well. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it was cool too that once he's like Mark Spector's version of Moon Knight, it's like, yeah, battle, it's all in, like yeah, season, it's, it's all uh, business. Yeah. He's like, I know how to take care of this thing. He throws the jackal on the spike, and just that's that. You know what I mean? So yeah, he uh, he, uh, he Mortal combats him, yeah. <laughs> but in in the process loses the scarab to Harrow. So basically, like raising the stakes for the overall arc of the series. But then he has that moment where he's now uh, Mark Spector again, and he has to. He's got Stephen Grant is now in the reflection, and then he's got Khonshu to deal with, who actually reveals that you know Layla would be his next target if he ever gave it up. So I thought that was an interesting part of it too. That he's like, there's stakes for Mark Spector, there's stakes for now Stephen Grant, everyone else, right? So it's 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 an interesting aspect of the show. I I like I, but why? Like why why her? Is there did I miss something? Is there a reason why? Or is it just because it's because it's a threat? Remember, Mark Spector's been alive a lot longer than Stephen Grant, right? So, sure. Um, with Layla, like it, they've made comments here and there to hint that she's been along with him for the ride. She's also in on the missions, and like Conchu's aware of her. She's aware of Moon Knight and the suit and everything. So, like, he's threatening that she would be the next Moon Knight, essentially. The next, yeah, I guess Conchu. I guess using her as a threat. I guess is kind of I, what it is. Yeah, the way I took it is. Layla isn't his next target. His oh, okay. his next target is Mark. He wants Mark to be Moon Knight. He doesn't want a replacement. Like so in order for Mark to like not give up the only thing that Mark would not give up the mantle for is to protect Layla. So Conchu is using that as a way to maintain control over Mark so that Mark will stay. That's how I interpret it is like he's using Layla as like a and it's like the points that Ian's making it is like in Mark's mind make the idea of it believable that like maybe maybe like Layla could be the next target, but I don't so think it seems like that... she's capable of doing it. So it's like kind of believable, but yeah, I think it's probably he's doing it. So like Mark, he'll, he gets to keep control of Mark and Mark will keep doing what he's saying. That's what it seems like. Well, he definitely doesn't want Steven. He's like, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. He keeps insulting <laughs> him. So I really <laughs> like the whole dynamic between all of them. And I think that it's really adding up to something cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then of course it's, it's, he's selling him the next mission. He's, he has to take it or else he's, you know, going to use Layla. So off Mark Spector is to Egypt and it looks like now it's reversed. Maybe we might get a couple episodes where Mark Spector's at the helm and it's Stephen Grant and the reflections and everything. Yeah. 
so it, it could stick with Mark Spector for a while now that there's like six episodes to a series. So if he has three main personalities without the suit, two or three, then maybe they're dedicating each like two episodes to each. It seems like they're just sticking with these two. I think it would be weird to introduce another one. It might be, but you never know if there's a third or if Khonshu ever gets control. You never know. So Yeah. Yeah, it might be something like that. I think if you if you start bringing in, they would have had to establish the multiple ones probably within these first two episodes since there's only six. Um, unless for they whatever might reason, tease a third at the end of the series or like something a like that, or there, or one will show up in like the fourth or fifth or something, right? And then that yeah. one could be used in the finale or whatever. But otherwise, I think Mike's right. I, I, it feels like they're they're gonna probably stick to the two, which I'm fine with. I'm I'm fine with with seeing him uh, seeing him roll these two different personalities. I like it so far with them. Um, I I don't love the show at the moment, but I'm enjoying him playing these characters. And honestly, seeing uh, seeing some of the the action scenes that we saw in this, like th- that that's what sold me so far. And uh, I don't know. I want to I, I want to see where it goes. I think that they're like from based on what you guys are saying, as far as where a lot of the comics go and stuff. I'm I'm still interested, even though I don't think the shows are runaway yet in two episodes. But again, it's literally just a I don't think there's through, so. Yeah, I don't think there's much to speculate. I think that basically what's happening is we're you know, it's setting up that he's going to try to stop Harrow from resurrecting Amit. And that's where we are. I don't think there's really like much more mystery. To really, yeah. Maybe more will happen in the next episode that will let us, uh, you know, theorize more, but I feel like it's, you know, on, on a straightforward track, but that's not a bad thing. It's still enjoying it. And there is still the disassociative identity disorder kind of mystery to it all. So, You know, what do you, where do you think this episode's headed uh, as we sort of see him sitting there? Clearly, Mark Spector is just drinking away his pain, whereas Stephen Grant's a little worried that he's in Egypt and we see what's going on. I got nothing. I honestly have, like... Along for the ride. Yeah, I'm just got an Indiana Jones episode coming up, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like, like you said, Ian, it's like the villain... Like, the villain has been established, the hero's been established, the kind of, like, theme of, like, this, like, this, what he's trying to stop has been established, and it's, like, what happens next? I have no idea, so. But I, I like that, too. I don't like when shows are super, super predictable, and you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, um, I'm with you. So yeah, I was just it, making, I was just making a point of like we theorize a lot in like Wandavision recaps, you know, and this is more of a straightforward kind of, not not as yeah, many in a way that maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier was as well. I yeah. agree with you, but like, uh, the, like, like you guys said, nothing bad with that sort of linear approach. But the thing where it gets exciting is it's linear, but with multiple personalities. So it's like, yeah. you know, you have different characters that are experiencing the same thing through different lenses. So. And sometimes shows introduce the big bad, like kind of Falcon Soldier kind of did a little bit of that. Like you're keeping back like who the power broker is and who this is, and, and the Marvel shows have done that, and like Loki did that too. And there's a lot of theorizing in Loki. Whereas this is kind of an interesting different take. They showed you the bad guy right away, and they told you his plan right in the second episode. And now you've got the hero and the villain, and they're gonna have four episodes to sort of uh, duke it out. It's we'll see what else happens. Yeah, I have heard. I, I, I've uh, Ian. I think you mentioned it before we we hit record. But like you know, there's there was. Um, I guess you could call them quote unquote review copies going out for the first four episodes. And I have heard strange that, choice. Uh, no, oh, it happens, but I have heard that that fourth episode is like a really cool dynamic turning point in a positive way for for the show. So I am excited. I don't know any details about it cuz I'm just going to avoid it completely. It doesn't seem like there's a ton of spoilers out there anyway, but the fact that I know it seems like that is universally um known at this point is is cool. I think overall for me it's just Oscar Isaac because I Oscar Isaac has proven that he's capable of doing multiple roles and, you know, in tandem and playing off each other and I think like that's amazing to me for these two episodes of a series. Like I think he's going to be able to carry the whole show with like really impressive dynamic between two versions of himself. It seems like an actor's dream, like especially yeah. someone like him, like to show off his, his chops, see why he took the role and everything. And I'm glad that he's, I hope the character sticks around because they're, they're saying that he only signed on for this season, this season and that's it. 
but I really I think that just means there's no guarantees, yeah. but like he'd probably yeah. be open to doing something else. Yeah, it just so. be oh, you know, cost more. money. Yeah, he would just cost money. Yeah, and whatever, pay whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I mean, he's such a good actor anyway. So it's just like, even if yeah. the show was like so so, it'd be like it's Oscar Isaac, man. The guy's great. Let's keep him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. let's figure out a way to keep him going. Like, come on. <laughs> I think if Blade's a success, you have like two really powerhouse actors that could kind of mix it up together on in a project, right? So sure. there's definitely sure. potential if, if people really glob on to Moon Knight as a character in the MCU. Yeah. Okay, so three, four, five of this show we will have on our uh, Patreon page, which I forgot to mention off the top. <laughs> Patreon.com slash... Uh, back in my day and um, we'll likely do the finale on our main feed because that's what we've been doing with a lot of these shows and um, wife power. I uh, thank you uh, for joining us this time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Fresh new take on moon night for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice to have someone else who also doesn't, uh, doesn't know where any of this stuff is coming from. It's good. I got, uh, we, we got a, a um, second pers- uh, perspective that's along the same lines because like yeah we're going in pretty blank and i like that it's i think it's fun i honestly i think yeah. that it makes the show better to, to me anyways it feels like it does well i think it's still like it's still pretty interesting too because like i don't know if ian and mike have like truly well realized it because they know the character a bit more but we still really have no nothing on his origin like, mm-hmm. like we've established who he is and like a little bit of that, but it's like his origin story is completely missing. And it's like they did that with Black Widow, but it was like a lot of people knew more about like Black Widow. So it's like her character wasn't as like com- complicated, but it's like Moon Knight, it, like there is some complexity there and we, we don't really know any of it yet. So it is, it's really interesting. All right. Um, Gentlemen and uh, Wife Power, thank you for joining me. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the episode. You can check out uh, more of these on our Patreon page um, after this one for three, four, five, and six. We'll uh, hit up the finale on our main feed. Mike, other than that, where else is uh, everyone checking out our uh, our shenanigans? At Day Back In on basically all the social media platforms and the podcast is called back on my day find it on apple Podcasts, spotify uh, or our favorite our favorite podcast app good pods and rank review subscribe tell your friends drop us a rating it all helps it all helps and it'll all be uh, great for your ears as we dive into the batman movies starting in the next episode we're going to hit up 1989's batman and follow up the rest of the movies through the 90s as well. So uh, we're starting with that. So look forward to that. Uh, Some Tim Burton action and some back-to-back episodes and uh, a lot more discussion about how Batman has progressed over the last few decades. Until next time, everybody, thank you for joining us. See you soon. Pose for. Pretty cool, actually. Huh. I like this.